The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. Welcome back to another episode of the Ebony's and the Ivory podcast. This is one of your hosts, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, and I am here with my fabulous and wonderful co-host, Dr. Bell. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Dr. Poole? I'm doing good. For whatever reason, even though we do these monthly, it just feels like a really long time goes by before we do this. I don't know if January, but January is kind of the longest month in life, so... Yeah, it is. (laughs) I feel like it never ends. So maybe that's why it feels like that. So either way, listeners, we are back with another episode in season three. So we hope you are enjoying um, us being back. So this is our second episode in this season and of the new year. It's 2020 already. Um, And so we hope. And we know that if you're listening, you've enjoyed, but we do hope that if you haven't already, that you make sure you have subscribed through SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts um, and keep up with us on all of our social media platforms. So follow us, like us on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Ebony's in the Ivory and follow us on Twitter at Ebbs in the Ivory. Um, And if you're looking for a one-stop shop place to just get all of this information, the blog, the podcast, social media, um, what we're up to, make sure you check out our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com, um, which is accessible on your phone so you can travel with us on the go. G-E-A-U-X. Yep. <laughs> For all our Louisiana listeners. Um yeah. So we're at episode 26, which 26 mm-hmm. is my like second favorite number. I'm pretty excited about this. Is it? It is. One in 26. I mean, sure. You know? Yeah. yeah, I know. It's my birthday, guys. That's really cheesy. <laughs> It's my birthday, guys. So, yeah, but I'm excited about this. So, Dr. Bell, take us away. Catch us up. What are we talking about today? Let's get into the meat of it. So, if you read the blog post uh, this month, uh, I entitled the blog post, Put Some Respect on My Check, Q Beyonce. Uh navigating personal finance along the academic and professional journey. So, if you've ever heard... Uh, is it apes? I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is PG podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Put some respect on my check. Or pay me yes. in equity. You know exactly. I know the words. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> says, give me my check. 
put yep. some respect on my check, just like Dr. Poole said. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about navigating personal finance. So um, I personally just love le- learning about personal finance. She it's really become, does. Like, a hobby of mine. Y'all, oh my gosh. Weird. I don't even, I mean, I do know how it happened, which I talked about in the blog. Um, but just like, I think what intrigues me most is that these like essential, this essential information is, I feel like it's not, um, something that we talk about in the black community. What do you think, Dr. Paul? No, I agree. Especially not enough and maybe not, not, er- enough. not early enough too. Yeah. Right. So, um, my thoughts on this, I know we're going to get into it more, but yeah. like I, what I've discovered, even both in my own personal finance journey and just, um, and having to talk with folks who are still in college, even about mm-hmm. what to do, especially my athletes. Um, you know, when mm-hmm. you, when we all get our first jobs and all those things out of school, um, you know, a lot of times that's the most we've ever made in our lives because mm-hmm. we've maybe had our summer jobs or we've had some internships that might have came with a stipend or something like that. Right. But when you start, you know, making like, my family are most particularly like people of color or black families will say good money. When you start making good money uh, <laughs> and you have your benefits and big all these money. other things, big girl money, um, you know, it's, it's different. And you don't realize that like, even though you're making more, you can find yourself sometimes in worse financial situations because you don't know how to manage the money. Um, and in most cases, our generation, I would hope we all are aiming to at least take our finances and the amount of money that we're asking for and all that stuff to another level than our parents. And so in some cases, our parents have never made the type of money that we're making. So they couldn't equip us to know how to handle it and to know how to invest and know how to manage it. So I know we're going to get all into it, but I totally agree. It's not something we talk enough about and definitely not early enough. Right. I like what you said about lifestyle creep. That's what it's called. Like when we start to make money, but then we can find ourselves in more debt than we were previously. That's right. Um, because we're not able to manage uh, what we have, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a report um, that I kind of found from the Council of Graduate Students in conjunction with TIAA, which is a leading financial services provider, um, the report talked about how over half of master's and doc students uh, feel stressed about their finances, um, which is not surprising. Um, Additionally, 38% of master's students and 36% of doc students worry about their ability to meet their monthly expenses. So this article kind of spoke about... um, you know, using graduate stipends and whatnot and how to survive. Um, but considering um, our, our country's current, I don't know, financial landscape um, and thinking about the student loan debt crisis, you know, in, in the United States, we um, are one trillion. I think it's more than one. I think it's one point three trillion now mm-hmm. um, dollars um, in debt as it relates to student loans. Mm-hmm. Um Everybody talks about how there's this looming recession, kind of like the one that um, came around in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the battle that we have for affordable health care and keeping Obamacare and people being able to, um, you know, afford health care with pre-existing conditions and all of that. Um, it's unsurprising that graduate students want to learn about, you know, debt, debt management and want mm-hmm. to learn about how to budget and manage finances and what is retirement and, and how do we reach that goal of retirement and um, what benefits do we need to choose when we're doing our um, yearly enrollment. 
um, open enrollment and just other aspects of personal finance. So um, I kind of came across a blog by Grad Hacker, um, which is a blog within within Inside Higher Ed, Mm -hmm. um, which provides kind of some tips for grad students. And these tips can be can be applied um, to women of color. Um, you know, who are on their professional journey or on their academic journey as well. Um, also in the blog, I talk about kind of my like enlightening, um, moment when it came to personal finance and, um, you know, my kind of goals and aspirations as far as it, um, relates to like being debt free and building generational wealth and all that great stuff. So check the blog out, um, to get a little bit more information on that. Um, but let's talk about these tips. Mm-hmm. So the first tip is to figure out where you're spending your money. Where's your money going? Um, so the blog recommends that you just kind of for the first, if you already are not on your personal finance journey, um, starting out, track your finances. Don't try to budget if you haven't budgeted already. See where your money is going. Mm-hmm. Track um, your expenditures. Um, and you can do that, you know, with an Excel sheet. Uh, you could do that. There are tons of tracking apps. Um, you know, some people use Mint. I've used Mint before. Um, every dollar I have, every dollar I don't even use. Okay, I don't like it that much. But there's my budget <laughs> book. Um, spending now every dollar is good if you actually pay for. You know how they have the free apps and the paid apps. Yeah, and they so they I, different. They're not the, the same. Apps, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure the free the paid app is excellent. I'm sure this is a lot of people um, speak about how much they love every dollar. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first tip. And then secondly is tell your money where to go. Um, so I talk about in the blog um, one of the um, literary resources that I've read as it pertains to personal finances, the Total, total Money Makeover um, book by Dave Ramsey. Um, and he says that a budget allows you to tell you tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went so instead of kind of just spending and spending and hey i don't have any money at the end of the month like yeah. a budget allows you to allocate um and send your money where you want it to go mm-hmm. um there are different types of budgets i personally try my best to use a zero-based budget um, which means that i allocate for every dollar um as possible um and try to um, anticipate, you know, different um, situations that may come up like Valentine's Day, Christmas, all those things and kind of budget for those um, moments as well. Um, I also personally um, use the notes feature like mm-hmm. in my phone. So I literally like in the notes feature, you can put like little bubbles and you can if you press a bubble, you can check off. So every month I uh, press my bubbles and then at the end of the month I clear them out and start over so I can know like hey this came out of my account here this came out of my account and I always check uh, my checking and my savings accounts just to make sure you know nobody stole my identity or anything <laughs> um, you never That's know right. you never That's know right. you so don't I, know. I try to keep um, the upper hand um, with that mm-hmm. I think an important thing also when we talk about budgeting is that um, budgeting is first a sacrifice like his, I mean if you're really truly budgeting especially if you have a goal that you're budgeting for it's not going to be easy and it's going to feel like sacrifice because it is yeah. um, but 
it's also important to budget, in my opinion, some fun money. And people have um, different ideas about this, but um, things that you want, like goods, services, and activities that will keep you motivated on your journey. If you like traveling, make sure that you um, budget enough for travel. If you got to get your nails done, make sure that you budget from that. Just know whatever you're budgeting for is going to come. It's going to take away from um, any other of your budgeting category. So Mm -hmm. make sure that it's something worthwhile something that is worth it um, in the long run, um, but also something that's kind of going to bring you some joy when you're on this kind of personal finance journey and you have to sacrifice. Um, next is, oh, speak, consider your purchasing motivation. So uh, um, the blog talks about being an emotional spender. Mm. Like, do you spend when you're happy? Like, oh, I did this, I this. That's me. Like, that's me like, too. Oh, that's why I'm laughing. I'm like, like oh, exactly. man. <laughs> Like, yeah, let me go, let me go get, get some food. Let me go get, this cheesecake you know, bistro. Oh, my God. Oh, you bad with cheesecake bistro. All during our doctoral experience. Y'all have heard about cheesecake bistro on here before, whatever. Lakeitha, <laughs> <laughs> like, dropping, dropping, dropping coins on that crawfish. Uh, pasta, dropping yes, coins. yes. Um, but then it, come, it comes to a head where you're like, oh, shoot, I said I was going to bring my lunch every day. You know, why am I? But something good happened or something bad happened. You want to eat your feelings mm-hmm. um, or buy something that, quote unquote, cheer you up. It's important to consider um, the emotions that come into play whenever, you know, you're spending money. Um, and the, the blog talks about exploring other ways, other productive ways um, to navigate highs and lows. If that means, you know, going on a workout, going to hang out with a friend, um, journaling, doing a gratitude journal, anything like that, anything that doesn't require, or doing free stuff, mm-hmm. um, anything that doesn't require spending money out of emotion. Right. And another tip is to reduce your bills. I mean, this is like key to me. Yeah, I feel like that's finances 101. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So the blog talks about the many ways um, you can reduce your monthly spending. Um, it talks about, you know, choosing a cheaper cell phone plan or maybe not getting a new iPhone. Y'all can ask Dr. Poole to take getting notes on her from how she... I'm going to help y'all save your world. money because I don't uh, have a new phone. <laughs> I mean, she sacrifices for a cheaper phone. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, y'all. I have an iPhone 8. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Barely. <laughs> um, and the uh, blog talks about uh, maybe cutting cable, maybe only using streaming services or sling TV. Mm-hmm. Um, canceling monthly subscriptions. This is something that I did. Um, I think I want to say I did it at the beginning of 2019. I'm pretty sure it was like January 2019. I cut out all my monthly expenses. I had like a makeup box coming. Um, I had, I just recently cut out um, my Netflix. I cut um, my Netflix. is $15. I cut my Hulu. I have Disney Plus. So me, me, my mom, and my uh, younger sister, we have each of those. So we just share each Mm -hmm. other's accounts. I'm really only spending um, $7. 99 for like and i have four different subscription subscription services streaming mm-hmm. services um so just finding ways to do that cutting cable um if you're um 
if you live by yourself, um, and you might consider getting a roommate to cut housing costs, Mm -hmm. any of those things, um, are good ways to cut your monthly expenses. Um, and then my most favorite is eliminating debt. Mm -hmm. So when you start paying off your debt, things that, um, you know, like you can't necessarily pay off rent unless you have like a mortgage. You can't pay that off. But like if you're renting an apartment or you have monthly like utility bills, like those are things that you're going to have to pay or yeah. um, insurance and things like that. But, you know, the car notes, the student loan debt, the credit card bills, the medical bills, mm-hmm. the whatever you financed, um, getting like reducing those um, instantly gives you like a pay raise. Mm-hmm. Um and I can attest to that. So um, that's a great way to reduce um, monthly payments. And um, this, you know, from my um, kind of advice or um, kind of thought process, I would say, um, just consider how much money, you know, you could save and invest if they put some check on some respect on your check. Mm-hmm. If there was respect in your check and there was nothing coming out besides essential um bills like how much money would you have at the end of the month like how Mm -hmm. much could you save how much could you invest i know for me it's a lot Mm -hmm. um and then negotiate so this is a big one um you can negotiate anything this includes interest rates you can negotiate rent you can negotiate your salary for sure yeah um and I use a quote from from the Bible. It says, you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. So asking those student loan um, companies, hey, you know, I'm really interested in paying my loans off. Can we negotiate if you have to get a new car or if you need to refinance? Refinancing student loans is, is great, too. Like if you mm-hmm. have a high um, interest rate, yeah. um, refinancing and getting a lower rate mm-hmm. is, is another form of negotiating. Yeah, for um, so anything, anything loans, yeah. student loans, your car, if you yes. are paying too much on a car, maybe you have a newer car. Yes. Yep. Anything. Yes. All of those. So that's a great way to reduce monthly costs. And then lastly is to avoid debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so this personally or especially pertains to like credit card debt, um, and private loans and any of those things that you finance, um, especially those that normally come with high interest rates. Um, if you do have to borrow, and I want to say this because um, in the debt-free communities, what they call it, like people who follow Dave Ramsey or people who just are interested in being debt-free, there's this idea that um, you shouldn't go to college if you can't afford it. And the problem that I have with that, especially as a woman of color, mm-hmm. is because I feel like that information is misinformation mm-hmm. in a sense that we don't have necessarily the general wealth, um, generational wealth. We don't have necessarily um, the opportunities to not go to college. Most of us, um, as, as people of color, college and education is a way for us to be financially stable mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and we wouldn't have the things that we have. Um, if we don't go to college, right. um, if we don't get an education. So if you do have to borrow, borrow smart. And the, what I mean by that is there are ways that you can take out student loans. You can take out subsidized versus unsubsidized. Subsidized waits until um, you graduate for your interest to start accruing versus unsubsidized. Um, it starts accruing right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get federal loans instead of private loans. And sometimes you can avoid private loans. Um, but again, like negotiating those interest rates, 
refinancing and all of that. And the most important thing I think is um, just know like you have to, <laughs> you got to pay those back. Like you have to pay your student <laughs> yeah. loans back. And it's funny because me and my husband talk about this literally probably three times a week. Um, so people we know are like, oh, I'm not paying those back. And I'm like, okay. Like that's not but an you option. you are going to pay them back because when you go look, so I'm going off a tan- on a tangent. I know, but I really am passionate about these, especially student loans. Like it irks me. <laughs> so if you, I went back and looked at when I first borrowed from um, undergrad to now, my student loan balance literally doubled mm-hmm. because of interest. So you say you're not going to pay them back, but you have paid them back already. Yeah, in interest, you paid them back because you're paying the minimum. So you're just paying and paying and paying. And you're not getting anywhere, but you've essentially paid them back already. And you will pay them back mm-hmm. um, because that's the way that that predatory lending is set up, unfortunately. Um, so devise a plan. Like if you're still in college and you haven't um, you haven't graduated or you've deferred and you're in college in grad school right now, um, think about how to pay those back without interest accruing. Um, and like. Just pay more than the minimum. It's their ways to borrow smart. Um, you don't have to like give up on the college um, without like you know being financially secure in in the loans that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you can utilize your student financial center. I know LSU has a student financial center. Yep. Most most colleges and universities do. Um, if you're a student, or you can you know go visit the financial aid office as well, and they definitely they should do a lot more. Um, but I think that they at least give you some information about loans. I don't think they necessarily talk about the impact, but if you go out seeking that information, they will give it to you. Um, and if you're a professional, um, you can um, visit your human resource department mm-hmm. um, or you can visit your bank. Like I'm a part of a credit union in Louisiana and like I've gone to get credit counseling there before. Mm-hmm. Like in what ways can I like maximize, you know, my income and things like that? And it's free. Like yeah. they have people on site to be able to talk to you about credit and debt and management and budgeting and all of that good stuff. And it's free. Um, there's also plenty of events in the community um, that addresses. So kind of seek out um, the resources that you need um, in terms of personal um, finance and financial wellness. So I know we talked about, kind of said a mouthful, Dr. Poole. Mm-hmm. What I want to ask you is, what do you wish you would have known early on um, during your academic um, and professional journey about personal finance? Um, I think the biggest thing very early on, so probably more undergrad and grad school, um, was just understanding how things like credit and mm-hmm. um, and debt worked, right? So like mm-hmm. all of us remember being an undergrad and those people that were on campus with those t-shirts to have you sign up for a credit card. Or and pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, we ain't had no pizza. They were, we'd give us a t-shirt. But, <laughs> but <laughs> either way, like, but at that point in time, while... It, it, it was smart. It, it could have been smart to establish, start establishing credit, not understanding just like, so in college, I was one of those people that Dr. Bell was talking about who was like, well, I ain't gonna pay this back. Let me just use this card. Like, I'm gonna figure this out, you know, whatever. Not realizing that the proper way to have utilized that to build credit would have been more around, um, having the option to be able to, you know, understand how it works and giving us, giving ourselves, you know, more of an opportunity to build credit in a way that made more sense, not just 
uh, creating debt. And so I was more uh, of one of those people that just did not follow through um, on paying back monthly, whatever my balance was and that sort of thing. So the other thing that I would say is um, that I wish I would have known, um, and Dr. Bell already alluded to this, was like, you know, the proper way of understanding student loans and um, the way in which, you know, people always say now, and I even tell the student now, like, only borrow what you need, you know, and not. Um, and so some things I think, you know, I was an out-of-state student undergrad. Uh, when I moved even to Baton Rouge for grad school, I had a... Um, what do you call that? Tuition waiver sort of thing, but I also still needed to live there, right? And so could I have made a different decision and maybe like went to get my master's in New Orleans and stayed at Amanda's house? Probably, but but then we right and they we wouldn't have met. And I and I knew that LSU was where I needed to be. And so at the end of the day, what I have now taken on, I think, is my responsibilities both since then and what I tell students now is then understanding, okay, well, then know what your options are to pay those things back, right? So I've been working in higher ed now for, in, actually, in January, made 10 years as being in, at LSU, but professionally, um, in August of this year, will make eight years. And so I'm able to apply those eight years of public service to loan forgiveness. And so, you know... Me gaining that understanding, which I didn't even probably know until, I don't know, a few years ago, like in the middle of probably year two or three of that eight year journey. Um, so if you're gonna, if you're gonna have expenses, you like, you need a plan basically. So I wish that I just would have maybe had more information. And I don't think it's my fault or anybody's fault that I just did not have that readily available or know where to seek it out. Um, I think it's just because that's where, you know, like we mentioned earlier and for, particularly people of color, uh, we often just did not have access or our parents didn't have access to some of that information. And so we just don't know where to look. Um, or we know that maybe we're first generation graduate students and you just don't know what to ask. And so um, those are just things I wish I understood. So like, you know, don't take the free t-shirt for the credit card. Or if you do, like pay your balance back, you know. So um, those things are, you know, things to be mindful of for people listening and things that I wish I had known um, earlier. Just to kind of go off what you were saying, like I know my dad got me a credit card and only had like a $300 limit and he, you know, actively was like, you need to build your credit. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So he had, he was an in-person that was only at $300, but they kept raising my limit and he did so, I mean, you know, I was, like, buying stuff for the dorm and then mm-hmm. buying stuff, but they kept raising it to, like, 500 and then 1000 and then 2000 and then 3000 and mm-hmm. 5000 And, like, I got a bill at my dad's house. He was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> why, why do you have a 5000 credit limit? I and I think I, I owed, like, maybe $300, $3,000 yeah. Like, I furnished my apartment. And he was like, oh, no, ma'am. He was like, cut that up right now. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh. But you know what? I shouldn't have cut it up. Like, I should have paid it off and left that account open because even accounts open yeah. actually helps you. Yeah, credit. you need revolving but credit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But he, I'm sure he was just so upset with me. He's like, I'll cut it up now. Yeah, because um, you, so was, cutting you was cutting up. You was cutting up. So he yeah. had to cut up the card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it took a while to pay that off. And I was like, you know what? 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if phone wanted to. And then I, I, I was like, I'm done with credit cards. I actually did get another one. Um, and I did, like, I think my balance was 5000 again. And I think I spent, like, maybe, like, 2000 But I learned, I paid it off. Mm-hmm. Like, I paid it off. Um, I didn't let it sit there and, like, accrue interest like I did for the first one. So, yeah, like, making sure that you're paying your credit cards off because, um, again, the interest rate. Um, it's so high on credit cards is really important um, and understanding um, the debt to income ratio and how that affects your credit card score is really important. Um, so Dr. Poole, what has or who has served as a resource to you along the personal finance journey? Um, I definitely think even like right now, uh, you are one of those people because you're always, you know, posting tips and tools that you have come across. Um, and so I always see those things and even have picked up books by some of the authors that you've posted about books that I probably didn't even want to read, but I know I needed to. And so that has been very, very helpful. Um, and then I think the other main person that comes to mind is my mom because she allowed me in growing up to be pretty involved in like financial things, right? So like if she was at the store writing the check, then she showed me like, this is how you write a check or, um, and once you write it, like this is how you keep a ledger, you know, in order to be able to make sure you know where your money is going. And of course, this is before you had like banking apps where you could just pull it up and see that that charge you just made came out and what your current balance is and all that. And so, um, you know, I took those skills with me to college and did my best. I, you know, I overdraft sometimes I, I used to mess up. Um, but that's cause I used to not write it down. Like I used to think yeah. like, Oh, I know, I know what's in there, you know? Um, but I also learned because my, my checking account at that time was linked to her. So if I overdraft, then a fee came out of her account <laughs> and I got, you know, tired of getting fussed at. So I had to do better. I had to go back to what I knew was the right routine to have. So she definitely played a big, um, big part in that and always talking to me about saving and making sure that, you know, as you got new jobs or you got new opportunities, like put a, put a little money aside, like don't spend up everything. Um, she would always say things like, you know, you get money, you feel like it's burning a hole in your pocket. And, um, I would do my very best to not always do that. And then of course, as you become more successful or you have more financial resources available, um, you don't realize that some of those habits still stick with you. So I really have tried to make sure now that I tap into um, colleagues and friends who are experts. Um, So my uh, one of my best friends from college, Adam Tolliver, he um, has been really, really great with me and just giving himself to me as a listening ear to really help me think about what are the things I need to do in thinking about saving, eliminating debt, um, and also okay. just, you know, and we have a whole other conversation about securing a future for like, if you have children or a spouse or, or anybody you would have to leave behind, but like, what does that look like too? So, um, I have like a smorgasbord of people, um, and things. And then I do try to like read up on a lot now more than ever on what is like investing and things look like. So now that you, you know, once you've gone through the process of like the steps that Dr. Bell went through of eliminating debt and negotiating and, um, reducing your bills and stuff like that. Um, the next thing is to figure out like, how do you grow and expand your money now that you have more, available. So, um, definitely different books. Um, even things related to just like, for those of you that are, you know, 
um, entrepreneurs, or maybe you're taking your education and turning it into being a consultant, like all those things are relevant, understanding how money works and understanding where your money should be going um, to invest in yourself. And so, yes, having kind of your like board of directors around your finances is really important. And sometimes that board of directors is a book or an author um, that really has useful tools for you. So that's kind of where I got a lot of my um, resources for so but money talking about money has never been something my family has shied away from and I am appreciative of that um just maybe you know as I've grown understanding a little bit more of what it's looked like because I am the first in my family to have a PhD and so I have been you know at least uh blessed to have more access to more resources um at a younger age than some of the folks in my family have had to work you know much longer to even kind of get there so um yeah, lots of people. Lots. This is a, a family affair. <laughs> Shout out to Adam for his money. Yes, uh, money man. I call him money man. Yes, <laughs> Adam Tolliver. Hit him up. <laughs> yeah, great resource to have. Um, I think for me personally, um, me and my husband learning about money at least like five days out of the week. That's just what we do. We're always talking about ways to better ourselves and investments and things that we want to do. Um, when we're completely debt free and how to be completely debt free and curating plans to do so and he's really good at like um, money management um, mm-hmm. and frugality I'm spending he's a saver but I'm learning how to be a saver like I, I got this now like I'm, I'm, I'm about that life now <laughs> um, but he's been on the like he, he I don't know I mean and I'm pretty sure you know, got some of that wisdom from his uh from his family, his mom and things like that. But I mean, he paid his student loans all like before. Um, he ready even there and just things like he's just very good with money. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a resource. Um, books, of course. I mean, and I was just talking about it because we would spend time um each night and like we would like read uh, like a person's book and like highlight and then switch books and see like what the other person highlighted and things like. That. Um, but we've kind of got away from that for the new year, but we need to get back to what we just said that before I record that. I said, you, you have any advice? Like, yes, I listen. Um, <laughs> but we just like, need to get back on reading our books. Um, and then my my parents, like, um, my dad is, is a great resource. Like, most of the books that I have, I just, one thing about my parents is they were too home in my parents' house. Like, they have thousands of books in the house, and I'm not exaggerating, literally thousands. So, like, I'll just go find some of the bookshelves. So, like, I'm not mm-hmm. that. I, I didn't have to buy books I was looking for. I'd be like, Daddy, you have this book? He's like, oh, yeah, it's in the back. So, like, they kind of set the standard. And the see how I find it, um, you know, and, and why it's so important. Um, I always say, like, my dad was building generational wealth before it was, like, a plug or, like, yeah, like a trend, a thing, mm-hmm. like a trend, like, years ago, like, um, there's a scripture in the Bible that says a good man, um, leaves, um, uh, a legacy, mm-hmm. um, and leaves wealth for his kids, and, like, he's adopted by that, um, for years and years, like, he's, he, one of those people, like, I don't know, like, he doesn't even have credit cards, um, and he doesn't believe in financing things, um, so he's kind of been that resource, um, 
you know, for me to, you know, show me and us um, that it's possible, you know, to live it for you, to, um, you know, like successfully manage um, your money and successfully, um, you know, leave a legacy for your kids and um, be able to give both um, into other people's lives versus buying unnecessary things that we say like get organized right like first so no you know some people I've I've met people who have like just five and six like checking accounts and like 17 credit cards and it's not that they even <laughs> using all of them they just have it and so while yes long-term cards that you've had credit cards that you've had um that has helped you establish credit so don't just close those but like you know, understand what you have out there that is tied to your social security number. Like make sure that you know, you know, where your debts are so that you can start to like figure out where to go through the process that Dr. Bell mentioned earlier of eliminating debt and stuff like that. And so, um, really just get organized around that. Um, be comfortable or or learn to become more comfortable talking about money and whether that is like some of those other tips too, negotiating and being able to, you know, ask for what things are worth and refinancing, like just become familiar, I guess, build your financial vocabulary a little bit more so that you have an understanding um, of what it is that's out there and available for you. You know, there might be both free resources to sort of gain some knowledge, but also as you are working on your own, how to do that in the best possible way uh, for you. Um, and then I think the last part is to just really um, figure out what like your big financial goals are so that you can then make sure that that's the thing that you're always working for. So for some people, you know, it's buying a home. For some people, it's you know, owning their car. And so then that way they don't have a car note or whatever. And so that you almost similar with to what we've talked about with you guys for like planning out things like your dissertation and your proposal, like get a timeline together and say, okay, for 2020, here are the credit cards I'm eliminating um, or that I'm paying off or, you know, in the next six months, here's what I want to have set aside in savings. And so just, you know, um, putting it out there. You have to like kind of speak those things out there and plan plan them um, and create those timelines so that then you actually have something tangible that you can either look at or read um, that you know what you're working towards. Because if you don't sort of set that goal in that way, um, it always feels kind of like ambiguous. Like, yeah, I'm working on saving, but like, what's your plan for saving? Like, how much are you trying to save? How much are you going to set aside a month? Um, figure out the process to reroute a portion of your paycheck to an account that you don't look at often, you know, just being able to do that. That's, those are things that I've done. Like there's a certain amount of money, no matter what, that comes out of my check and goes straight to my savings account. I do not have a card for my savings account. So if I need to withdraw, I have to go to the bank. Like I have to go in the bank. 
um, to do it. And I'm not trying to do that. So, <laughs> so, um, cause I'm too busy. So <laughs> that is a good way though. Like I know that that's sick and it's a significant in my mind amount that I know every month is going in there. And so then when, yes, emergencies happen, if I need to access that savings, I can, but that's very rare. And so just getting yourself organized and with a plan, I think, um, that can really be, vital and um up in your ante as you are thinking about your financial wellness um at this point maybe in your life whether you're in school or you're recently graduated and you just got your first job and you're making all them coins like figure out what you're gonna do with them coins so that you know a year from now you're not still sitting there with the same amount or or less sometimes um because again we feel like we have more access to something than we tend to spend more so just be smart about it and get help where you need to get help and ask ask people who know. Um, I think that my advice would be to, like, you said, I told you organized. I'm going to keep it real with yourself. Yeah. So, like, at one point I was like, okay, I got these student loans. Let me really see what it is. Like, let me write all this, all these loans down. Let me write out the interest rates. Let me see, you know, what, because my loans are out of draft. And yes, I kept up with it, but, like, what what interest is accruing every day? Mm-hmm. Like, what has, what was the beginning balance of what it is now? And just as ugly as it was, like, <laughs> ripping off the band-aids and say, okay, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what has become um, of this situation. And, like, how can I get ahead and get on top of, like, being, like, you know, organized, using, like, financial calculators. Like, we use the snowball method. If you don't know what that is, Google it. It's a great thing to do. Um, and it's, it's, it helps um, get out of debt. Or you can look at the avalanche method as it relates to getting out of debt. Um, and just kind of planning and organizing and say, hey, this is what we're going to put towards debt a month. Um, and then also keeping it real with yourself and knowing that, you know, when you are aiming to be, um, that for you to reduce that to budget, um, it's going to be hard. Like, it's not fun. I'm sorry. No, it's not. the worst, but it's, the worst. it's totally um, worth it. But that's a part of being an adult and being responsible and being, um, financially responsible is that, you know, you lay it all before, you know, lay it all out and you're just like, you know, I got to get this done. So I might have to not get my nails done. Um, I may have to not go on this trip. May have to not get this car. I may have to not like telling yourself no. Um, it's interesting. Um, I have always been like a shoe shopper. Like I love shoes. Like the pool does too. She I knows know. probably like we we, like we wear the stuff. same size shoe too. Yeah, we do. Too. <laughs> and we're always like, you know, when you have too much stuff, and you're like, oh, I need to have a closet sale. I need to, we need to have a clothing giveaway. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's when you know you have too much stuff. Um, so at one point I was like, all right, I'm about to stop buying all these shoes. I'm looking at my stacks of shoes right now. Yes, stacks. Um, plural. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not, I can't. So like, I've really been like denying myself mm-hmm. like, for the past couple months. Like, I'm not buying this. Uh, our other thing is like buying lipstick and makeup. Dr. Pool, me and Dr. Pool. Who? When we was in, and when we were in our doc program. I know when we were in our doc program, we was, we were doing too much. Like, um, and what? both of us are not even people like, we, it's so funny. I feel like when we get really dressed up and we put makeup on, everybody goes crazy because we don't do it every day, like all the time. Not like that. When we were buying makeup, like we were going on red carpets, like every. <laughs> well, not even wearing a makeup. 
great. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's another thing. Like just being like very frugal and like realizing, okay, like how is this serve my purpose? Like how is, mm-hmm. this, is this going to enhance my future? Is this going to um, get me towards my future goal? Is it taking away from taking me away from my future goal? And you have to ask yourself that. Um, and then, like, you know, proceed accordingly. So, um, I think that, you know, being organized, keeping it real with yourself, understanding sacrifice, understanding that, you know, you put a couple months, maybe a year, a couple years, depending on how long the journey takes you, sacrifice, you get it done, you're free. Mm-hmm. You know, it hurts, it's hard, um, but it pays off in the end. So, um, making sure you're transforming your mind in, in that aspect and, um, kind of denying and pushing back and saying, okay, I have a goal to reach, so I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just think that we get all up to ante um, as it relates to personal finance and financial wellness. Um, we've talked a lot um, about um, resources and it's our former selves and how we're currently um, trying to um, you know, start, start, you know, clean it up and, and, and then moving towards building. So if you have any questions, hit us up. If you want to give us, um, some advice, we love to <laughs> accept it. Yeah. Um, drop a comment, um, under the podcast. You want to continue the conversation further? Um, but we're going to take a quick break. Um, and then we'll be back for Culture Corner and have the Irish Spotlight this month. We'll be back. Not that he cannot graduate. 
um, we did not participate in graduation um, from Barbara, Barbara Seagull High School. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it went viral. He kind of talked about, you know, what happened. It went viral. A lot of celebrities reached out to him. One of those being Ellen DeGeneres. Um, My, so girl. She, um, My girl. <laughs> New Orleans finest Ellen. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she reached out to DeAndre asking him to come on the show. And she had Alicia Keys come out and award him with a $20,000 scholarship because he wants to be a veterinarian mm. um, upon entering college. Um, and she was really, she actually called on behalf of DeAndre to the school. Um, to the school board and try to get them to reverse their decision, um, but they would not. And I said, you know, we're not telling DeAndre not to come to school, um, but if DeAndre does go to school, he's either going to get um, in school suspension or he'll have to go to an alternative school. So they said, oh well, you know, we're not telling DeAndre not to come, but essentially you are mm-hmm. because he won't be in the um, regular learning environment. So she thousand dollars, um, and she just kind of talked to him about. Um, how shocked she was uh, as to why his hair was even an issue. She said, you know, you get good grades, you've never been in trouble ever. The first time, this is the first time anything like this has come up, and now three months before his graduation, they don't want to let right with. So he, at first, like I said, he at first was suspended um, and told that he had to cut his hair, which is crazy because why would you put a child out of school for their hair? But we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother um, believes that it's racial discrimination and she's starting to take it to federal court. Um, I actually watched a video by the superintendent, which disgusted me, um, for lack mm-hmm. of a better uh, word or term. Um, but um, she was not his hairstyle, but the length. And Ellen was like, so do girls not have long hair? He was like, oh, yeah, girls have long hair. He was like, so why can't you have long hair? And the issue is, it's a cultural issue. So his, his dad is from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, so they grow their locks as long as they can. Um, so um, his heritage is very near and dear to him with his locks in the first place. Mm-hmm. So um, he, of course, understandably doesn't want to cut them off. Um, and he said he wishes that the school would just be more open to other cultures. Um, and just be willing to listen to what he has to say and not just shut him out. Um, in that school district, only 3.1% of students are African-American. So as telling um, as it relates to policies about hair. Um, but, yeah. So then it brings up the conversation about the Crown Act and how it is legal to discriminate um, against hair. Mm-hmm. at school and in the workplace in four states except for New York and California who have passed the Crown Act. Um, so Cory Booker, um, Senator Cory Booker is trying to um, get the Crown Act to be um, become a bill that would protect those um, with natural hair um, in all 48 states, um, both at school and in the workplace. So a um, it's just very interesting um, how all of this is going down. It's more interesting that um, the superintendent and the school board has made these excuses as to why um, they, you know, 
said what they said. And I, I think recently the superintendent said he's not going to be bullied about it. And this is something, this is a policy that has um, been in place for like 30 years. I'm like, okay, but yeah, but did you have diversity 30 years ago? Because you don't even have it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so are your policies um, inclusive and culturally responsive and responsible um, for all students that you serve? Yeah. Um, so what, what do you think about this, Dr. Poole? Um, similar to your thoughts, these sort of situations in general grind my gears because um, I just don't think people people have to stop policing people's bodies in any yeah, form. I just said that. I just said that. Uh-huh. Um, and so hair included, right? So, um, and I think, you know, it was brought up a good point. Like women are allowed to have long hair or short hair as well right so a woman could cut off all of her hair and there would not be sort of this outcry about what she could and couldn't do when it comes to her education for sure um or i would hope there wouldn't be um so it, it bugs me that in 2020 that we're still even having these issues um uh, i do hope his mother sues and i hope that you know like that that happens um i hope that you know it, it comes to terms i am uh in no form related to superintendent gregory Poole, as far as i know uh <laughs> but i thought that was interesting and in that you know um like the fact that that's put out there saying that you know there is no dress code policy that prohibits um that at all and so if it's like why is it about then length um and like you right. said it's just because it's been that way for 30 years Students aren't the same. Trends aren't the same. Hair is not the same. What's acceptable? Um, what was probably like should have been acceptable 30 years ago and just wasn't because of discrimination has changed. And so it's just kind of like, um, it sounds stupid and I hate to be that simplistic in my wording, but I think, uh, it's just dumb. And so, you know, just like Ellen said, if girls don't have long hair, like, why can't you? And so I'm very proud of my girl, Alicia, for, you know, uh-huh. doing her part or trying to at least, but, um, I can't wait for Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wright too. Yes, because I did like, read that, I think, as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I can't wait for Arnold to become like the best veterinarian in the world. Uh, right. but also, you know, understanding that there are those, um, those uh i guess legal pushings that are happening right now like the crown act that you know i'm very proud of in places like new york and california which tend to be much more liberal states um and so my hope would be that we would start to see this across the country um just so that it allows us to be able to really start to get at the root um of some of the discrimination that people face that's not just as blatant as we all assume, like not getting the job or not getting accepted. Sometimes it is about physical appearance that um, happens in the workplace. I know we've talked about that on the podcast as well. And so um, just being able to, you know, yeah, see, see justice happen for him for sure. And to an extent, but also, you know, for the future of other people, particularly maybe males of color who want to have longer hair and it should not be a problem. So um I'm annoyed, but I feel like I'm always annoyed for this part when it's not anything happy. So, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm annoyed, but hopeful. The fact that so many people have, um, expressed their concern, particularly non people of color like Ellen, um, who totally have the right to be able to, um, in the platform to be able to do that. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to see how it unfolds. I can't wait for him to become a vet. 
Um, I'm so excited about um, the recognition during the Oscars. I think that's really awesome too. So yeah, you know, we, we progress, we try. Yeah. All I can do is try. Let's move on to something a little bit more jovial. Yay! Uh, yay! We have our um, Ebony's in the Spotlight segment. Um, and I'm excited to talk about um, this month's um, Ebony in the Spotlight. Um, we're acknowledging Yvonne Hill. Yay! Yay! So, um, Yvonne has been accepted as a doctor at Regent University. Go Sound girl. familiar? Go, girl. <laughs> so Regent is where Dr. Poole got her PhD from. I did. Um, <laughs> she's going to be pursuing a PhD in counseling and psychological studies with a concentration in biblical counseling um, starting in May. Um, she received a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and a Master's of Arts in Mental Health Counseling from Southern University, A&M College in Baton Rouge. Go Jags. Um, go Jags. <laughs> all the way. She is a licensed professional counselor in Louisiana and Texas and is dedicated to the treatment of mental illness, therapy, education, and advocacy. Currently, Yvonda works as a therapist in private practice and she provides individual family and group therapy and she also helps those diagnosed with mood, anxiety, um, trauma-related and psychotic disorders. She helps them navigate their thoughts and feelings and implement healthy coping strategies um, in their day-to-day lives. Yovanda offers um, educational sessions um, in private practice and mental health resources to those seeking treatment. Um, and she also serves as a mentor in her church and in her community. The future Dr. Hill intends to explore attitude, attitudes towards mental health in the African American community, how religion and spirituality um, impacts willingness to seek therapy and the reception of treatment modalities, and how children and adolescents, child and adolescent treatment is impacted by parents' religious beliefs. Um, she agrees with Dr. Maya Angelou's quote, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story within you. Mm. She hopes the research will help those concerned with seeking treatment um, to overcome barriers um, and heal on an emotional and psychological level. And personally, Yolanda is a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And um, she currently resides in Beaumont, Texas. Um, and she is a proud mother to a one and a half year old vibrant son, and he is the cutest little boy ever. Um, so congratulations to you. Devonda is my soror. She is a member of the illustrious Alpha Tau chapter. Well, that's where she was inducted. Um, at Southern University. Um, she actually got her master's degree, um, with one of my line sisters. So, um, shout out to you, Devonda. Um, you're killing it. Killing it. In all ways. So yeah. we're excited to see um, you progress um, as a doc student, um, as you continue to learn um, how to be um, and a counselor and how to be advanced um, in your practice. Yeah. We're so excited for you. So wonderful. Um, 
enjoy your region experience as yes. best you can. <laughs> yes. Um, we need to, well, I think we talked, I don't know if we did an episode about that. We did about like finances and fellowship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely hit me up so that we could talk more about that. Um, but we're so excited for you. We're so proud of you. You represent everything that Ebony's and the Ivory is about. Yeah. Um, and so we just can't wait to see all the wonderful things you do um, with your degree, but also to impact and influence um, the world to make it better for women like us everywhere. So we are so proud of you and we wish you the best of luck. Yes. And we, you know, we have a special, special place in our hearts for counselors. So yeah. go forth and conquer your wonder. Um, we know you're going to do great things. Great things. Well, Dr. Poole, we've come to the end of Here our we podcast. We've come to the end of episode 26. Here we Crazy. are. Crazy. I know. Insanity. We've, we've made it through another one. Season three is on the move, on the roll. So, we obviously okay. thank you guys, always, for tuning in um, every single month, but also keeping up with us. Um, every single week and of course we have a lot of great things ahead um, Mm -hmm. for the podcast um, making sure that you're always checking in with us on EITI Tuesdays Um, if you were checking in January Dr. Poole screwed us up a little bit so um, that's my fault (laughs) so so we had our podcast we had everything else in between we just we we lost we just lost track of time for a second thing the days got a little blurry um yeah, yeah. so but we're back on track as you have noticed this month um and that's because dr okay. bell's been in charge so i will do better uh for for march um but obviously as always make sure you like follow and subscribe let us know about your um eiti accomplishments so that we can highlight you for our spotlight and in the meantime, in between time, if you have questions, comments, or things that you are interested in us and sharing more about, as always, hit us up. We gave you the website and all of our social media handles at the beginning, um, so you yeah. know where to find us. So yeah. we will be back next time. Bye. Bye. See you later. See ya.